1: Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur podcast. And today we have Chris Racinos with us today. She's owner and CEO of the Nurse Leader Network and also a CNO of a very large healthcare system in the US. Chris, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Katie, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to have you too. So Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself as a nurse and how you got started as a nurse. And then I want to, I have so many questions to ask you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I actually, I kind of like, as a young child wanted, like, I didn't really know what a nurse was, but I, I, um, there was a point where I um, had a puppy, that got sick and, you know, I tried to like nurse it to health and it, it didn't work. But I, at that point, I think I was maybe I want to say like 10 years old, I realized I wanted to do something around health care. And then I actually, when I was 12 years old, um, went into the, to the foster care system in Los Angeles and spent the rest of my teen years in the foster care system. And when I was 15 years old, I found myself in living in the foster care system, experiencing the worst pain I had ever felt in my life and was in a hospital. And... Um, that the reason I was in the hospital was because I was in labor with my first daughter at 15 years old and so in foster care the way that it worked at that time I don't know how it works now but um you know your social worker would kind of drop you off at the hospital and you were there by yourself there was nobody there I had a really nice experience with my nurse and then when I went back home I mean I was 15 years old and had no parent or anybody to tell me what to do with this little tiny infant but there was a nurse at the group home that I lived at. And she taught me how to bathe the baby, how to feed the baby. Um, There was a point my baby was, you know, impacted and she, I watched her disimpact my child. And she just really was a a huge role model in terms of being kind and caring and passionate. And, um, you know, from that moment, I knew that's where I wanted to go into was nursing. And a funny kind of close the loop type of story is that when I took the role that I'm in right now, which is a chief nurse executive, I um, was giving an award to one of the units of my nurses when I first started, maybe a month in, and this nurse was standing there looking at me, and she kind of, like, was making this face, and, like, kind of, like, eyes got watery, and I was making this face back at her, like, oh my god, we used to work together, I know it was a long time ago, like, where was it, and so after I gave the award, I, I approached her, and I was like, where do I know you from, you're so familiar, and she's like, I don't know, did you work at this place, and we were trying to compare where we worked at, and then it clicked in her, and she's like, wait a minute, you're the girl with Harmony, and that was my daughter's name, and I was like, oh my god, you're from the girl home, you're her, you're the person that, you're the reason I became a nurse, and so it's really kind of like closed loop that she was able to see how much she inspired me, not realizing it, and so that's my story around, you know, how I kind of came into nursing.
1: I I love that story. I'm like almost teary right now. (laughs) I need a second. Um, That, yeah, it's just really beautiful. Um, And there's so much. It's one of the reasons that I do this podcast is just to highlight role models, because you never know who's your words, how they're going to inspire people and, and what it is that you say that will help them to, to get one and do something. So I mean, that is just a really wonderful, wonderful story. And I'm glad you had a chance to meet up with her later so that she knew. Yeah, I know it was it was totally
0: perfect, divine intervention. We still to this day, you know, kind of laugh about it. And, um, you know, I, I walk around the hospital and I'm like, if you don't like the way I am, it's her fault. I blame it on her, it's <laughs> kind of funny.
1: No, it's funny. <laughs> um, okay, so you went from that and you became a nurse. What, what kind of nurse, how did you start out as a nurse? Sir, sure. so
0: I graduated, and I um, in one of my rotations in school, one of my elective classes, I took a class in the OR, um, and so I actually ended up getting a job as a nurse tech and a scrub tech in the OR while I was in nursing school. And you know, I really admired the CRNAs, which I think you know, if you like talk to nursing students, because I do all the time. Like that's they either want NP or CRNA, like that's where they think they're going. And so I, you know, it was like I want to become a CRNA, and so I looked for some jobs and I graduated in the ICU. And I found my first job where the um, director was over the ICU and the ED. And, you know, he he was, we were just kind of talking about the culture of the two units. And he and I both agreed that we felt my personality would fit really well in the emergency department. And so I ended up going into the emergency department. I worked there for about a year before I decided I wanted to go back and get my master's. And so I got my master's as a nurse practitioner. And then um, ended up going into a role where the organization was going through a lot of changes. We had lost our CEO, our CFO, our medical director, our nursing director, all within the span of a couple of months. Oh I know it was, it was, you know, the, I remember the board and then the interim CEO, like we were just like, what is going on? And then we had all kinds of union uproar and, you know, it was just, it wasn't a great situation to be in but you know I had been taking care of these patients as a nurse practitioner and I was going to do everything in my power to make sure they were able to still get the care that they needed because it was a very underserved population over half of them um, you know were um, immigrants and did not have insurance and so I wasn't going to let that fail and so um, at that moment you know the interim CEO was like, can you step into the nursing director role? I know you're not, you know, you're an NP, but we need somebody in that role. I was in that role for three weeks before she said, Chris, we really need somebody to step into the medical director role. And I was like, is that legal? (laughs) <laughs> I'm a, practitioner, not a physician. And so we actually went and talked with HRSA. There was no rules around it. We talked to the California Department of um, Public Health Licensing, all of that. And the there wasn't rules around me being in the role. There was just certain rules around collaboration agreements that I had to have, certain rules around um, like point of care testing that I had, I had to have a physician sign off on for the medical center. And so I stepped into the medical director role there and Loved it, had a great time, and then, um, you know, kind of fell into the deputy nurse position at the Veterans Administration, which was super important to me. My husband's a veteran, and it just felt good. Um, So I did that for a while, and then my daughter became ill, my oldest daughter, Harmony, and um, was having a lot of problems. And at that point, my commute was about two and a half hours uh, each way. Oh, my God. And so, yeah. And so I know I needed to come back closer to home, and uh, ended up coming to KP, and um, you know worked at Kaiser Permanente as the regional director for um, advanced practice overseeing advanced practice. Um, loved that role, and you know opportunity knocked, and um, I was promoted into a, a chief nurse, um, nurse executive role. And so that's kind of my story
1: yeah yeah that's amazing so this is the question that i have for you that you know kind of blows my mind is that as busy as you are you still wanted to start a business um and you still wanted to do more so could you tell us a little bit about what uh, it is that you're doing and why you're doing it
0: yeah so i'll start with the why and that'll kind of um dovetail into the what So, um, you know, I I mentioned my daughter was ill, and um, I came to KP, had been working there, and and, um, within about six, I want to say six months of uh, working there, um, I actually uh, woke up one day and found my daughter in her bed, and she wasn't, she was no longer um, living. And so um, she had taken her life. She died uh, by suicide. And um, I realized at that point that everything that I thought that I knew um, about the world, everything that I thought was uh, really important, um, it was really backwards, and um, realized really quickly that the things that I had been prioritizing weren't things that deep down were um, were really in alignment with my value system, and an example of that is uh, the time with my kids. I realized when I lost her that I had not attended meetings. I, you know, my husband was the one that would take my kids to doctor's appointments. I was always at work, getting a PhD, always at school, and I missed out on a lot. And at that point, I realized, you know, I couldn't get it back. And um, as I grew in my leadership roles, I realized that that was actually a common sacrifice that was made among um, nurse leaders. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of the reasons are, you know, uh, just the the nature of healthcare. Some of the reasons are that, um, you know, it's kind of easy to to get sucked into the work. Some of the reasons are that we just don't have um, the tools necessary or we don't have the network necessary to get quick and fast answers. And we're constantly recreating the wheel. Um, And so I, I, you know, at that point after my daughter's death, I sat down and realized what, you know, thought about what. What mark can I leave? You know, life's so short. I just lost this nu- teenager and I don't know how much longer I have, but what can I do to give back? And I didn't want any other nurse leaders to feel like um, they didn't have the tools they needed, that the job was harder than necessary. It's, it's really hard to go into a, a nursing leadership position in terms of, um, you know, just like learning everything from brand new. And I wanted people to have the tools at the tips of their fingertips. And then in addition to that, I wanted people to be able to see that their um, work-life balance, there, there's no real such thing. You really need to look at it as a life-work balance, because you can't be your best self at work if you're not your best self at home and other places um, that are important to you, and um, so I began my podcast, Nurse Leader Network, last year after seeing an, um, the, there was a research article that came out around nurse suicide, and so I felt like this was my contribution to help the mental health and well being of nurses that are interested in, in taking on any type of leadership role um, to kind of support their careers, support their lives um, while helping them change and revolutionize healthcare. And so that's how the Nurse Leader Network was
1: started. And so can you tell us a little bit more about the Nurse Leader? Is it uh, the podcast? And, you know, what else are you doing uh, to help nurse leaders to kind of expand in their role or to find that life-work balance? I like that. Did you coin that?
0: (laughs) No, I didn't, but I wish I had. Um, so, so I do have the podcast and I invite all kinds of guests I've had you on. Um, so all kinds of like guests from inside and outside of healthcare to give different perspectives. So I've had people who are experts in innovation, talk about what the framework for innovation is and all of those kind of things. So there's a the podcast and, um, I have a website where I'm developing, um, online trainings. And so I'm, um, uh, right now in the stages of just really communicating with my audience and seeing where they're at in terms of what their needs are. A huge one that I've just keep getting um, over and over again is finance, and so I'm creating right now um, a toolkit that you'll be able to access on the website for free around um, it just the basics of budgeting and that kind of thing. And then um, if you need more or want more, um, there'll be an online course where you can go on and um, actually take the online course to, to buffer up your skills with finance. There's several others. There's some on, um, you know, staff and patient satisfaction. So I'm working on creating toolkits for that. There's things on um, identifying, you know, your life's purpose, values, and vision. How do you prioritize what you're doing to get you to where you want to be in the next five to 10 years? Um, So I have some frameworks for that, and that's a toolkit that I currently have on the website. So there's a lot of. It's just kind of in its infancy. I just began in September, but my goal really is whatever my audience needs, uh, I'll create that so that they have it at their fingertips.
1: Yeah, I love that. And so what kind, of, um, what kind of nurse leaders, like how do you define nurse leaders? So
0: I think once you get an RN after your name, you're just a, a leader. So it really isn't tailored to one type of leader. I actually have worked as a frontline nurse, a nurse practitioner, um, I've worked as a faculty member, and I've worked as a, an executive and so, you know the information that's out there really is applicable to any of the, the departments that you're in. Um, so you know if you're in academia, there's a lot of content around things that you can do that are applicable at, in uh, nursing leadership in the academic setting. If you're an executive, in inpatient, ambulatory, whatever, there's going to be a lot of um, relevant information there. If you're a student and you just you know are trying to get your first charge nurse role, there's going to be a lot of information supporting the new uh, the newer leader. So. I think um, there's going to be a little of something for anybody who's interested in leadership at different points, and there will be information really specific to the um, emerging leader and the new leaders that are just beginning to to start in their
1: leadership role, and then there will
0: be some for the, the folks that have been leaders a long time and want to take their leadership to the next level.
1: Yeah, so what do you think the kind of the general state of um, grooming nurse leaders is like, in especially in the U.S., um, you know, is there any what's out there, I guess, aside from what you're doing. Uh, Cause I, you know, I haven't, I, in my experience, I would say that um, I didn't feel like, and maybe it was because I, I lived in a bubble or something, but, you know, or didn't reach out, but, you know, I didn't really feel like there was anybody out there that was really kind of, there wasn't a, a real pathway, you know, like you said that you could go to become a nurse practitioner or a CRNA. And those seems to be the, the, the two main choices or you could get your master's in, in some other nursing degree, but it was always like, um, you know, that kind of clinical practice or education that you go into, but it wasn't really grooming you for, um, I don't know, like high level nurse um, or executive positions or even uh, organizational executive positions.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what the, I think that's what one of the main issues with the United States is, is that we have one of the largest, we have the largest body of healthcare professionals, yet our voice is just not out there. Um, So, you know, we get groomed typically, if you look in the inpatient setting, to become a chief nursing officer, or in the academic setting, maybe it's the dean of health and human services, um, you know, for those higher level positions, but that's not where our expertise stops. Um, you know, we really should be leading um, and frontiering new pathways into healthcare, whether it be academic, whether it be operational, whether it be any other way. And that's one thing that I think I really appreciate about your organization is that you're teaching people to come outside of our traditional um, leadership spectrum. And, and my goal is to help them think beyond the chief nurse executive, beyond you know the director of nursing or the direct uh, the dean of health and human services. Um, I don't know that there's a ton of um, great information out there I think there is great pockets um, so, you know uh, professional associations have great pockets of, of the work but I think um, what's missing is a that you know that we put it all in one place I don't think that there's one place that has everything really that you need step by step to get each way number one I think there's um, a lot of siloing so you know you go to um, AONE, if you're, or now it's AONL, but if AONL first, you know, when I go, it's a lot, it's heavy inpatient focused. I don't get a lot of, when I was in the ambulatory role, I didn't get a lot of ambulatory information. And that was a reason that a lot of executives on the ambulatory space didn't go in. Um, you have like National League for Nursing, and these are the ones that are very academic specific, but You know, I think we need to break down our silos because we just keep sharing the information within our silo versus, you know, broadening our perspective and getting people to organizations like HIMSS, for example. You hardly see any nurses there. And that's healthcare. Why are we not at the table? So I I think we it's time to really shatter those silos and look at, as nurse leaders, how we can partner better um, to create those paths forward. And I don't believe that we have any one organization that is doing Um, a tremendous job on, you know, advancing our nursing leadership, regardless of the specialty that you're in.
1: Yeah, and, and I would agree with that, and this is the one thing that I hate to do, but I'm going to do it, uh, which is it, it compare, like, <laughs> nursing and, and medicine, but uh, the the physicians, there is an ingrained expectation that they take on leadership roles, like, from the day they graduate, right, I've had junior attendings that have been named, like, the director of the Stroke Center or something, and it's just kind of like, you know, th- that that expectation is there, and it's almost kind of like, if you're not a director of something, you've done something terribly wrong, and we don't have that same expectation for the nurses and you know I don't know where it it comes from like I don't know how they've built that into their culture and I don't know what you think about that or if there's how we would even go about doing something like that I mean I think I think it starts
0: like really from the beginning I was on um I was on Instagram right before you know like this morning I got up and got on Instagram and um there was a post and it um was a joke it was a meme but it was of um this woman who was like doing this really funny kind of like skipping dance and then the quote underneath underneath it was uh skipping into my next um assignment being the mediocre nurse that I am and there was dozens and dozens of posts saying yep this is what I do every day and so I think there's a huge disconnect between um between those that are actually working in the, in the floors and what our professional actually stands for and what we could potentially do if we didn't have that mentality. And so, I mean, things that just kind of come to my mind are, you know, maybe we, we don't base admission to nursing school on like the rigors of what you did in your science class and your math class. Maybe there's some additional criteria that we need to look at that really looks at you as a human and a person Um, to be able to get into nursing school right I mean like empathy is something that really sometimes can't be taught it really has to be something that you have and I just know and have encountered it throughout my career so many nurses that I'm not kidding you I've had some that are like I didn't want to do this my parents forced me I had some that were like I only do this so that it can fill my hobby so many nurses that don't want to be in the field um, but they're here and then they're taking care of people not really wanting to. So I think the first piece is really like being a little bit more selective about who we bring into our programs and not really base it. I know we look at community service and we look at, you know, those kind of things, but I think there needs to be a new criteria, number one. And number two, you know, the professional nurse um, and nursing leadership courses in the undergrad program, in my experience, many of the programs have like one course in it versus like really, really um, interweaving it throughout each of the courses so that you know in your adult um, class what does leadership look like an adult in your critical care class what does it look like in your mch in your education whatever we're really looking at how as a leader you can stand up and i think the biggest piece that's missing right now in, in um, nursing is um how, Innovation and entrepreneurship. I feel like that is a huge disservice that we're not offering that to undergrads because if we got them thinking innovatively and about being entrepreneurs, not just bedside nurses, when they graduate, we would breed a whole brand new um, era of nurses.
1: Uh, It's funny that you say that because I I interviewed um, this woman. Uh, Her name is Brittany Moltikin. I think that's how she said her last name. But anyway, so she was a nursing student and she did have, she was challenged in one of her classes to come up with some sort of innovative product uh, that would solve the problem. And she, um, she took it to like the next level and like nurses do. Nurses are like, (laughs) are great at doing something like this. So she uh, went to the engineering school and the, I don't know, a bunch of different schools and worked with different people and created this device that actually measures how much a newborn, like a day old or hour old baby, how much milk they're getting in their belly, because that was a source of anxiety that she saw that, you know, that the um, mom was like, I don't know if my baby's getting enough milk. And, you know, I certainly went through that as well as a, as a new mom. Um, so she has this app that she created that actually measures. And I, I, for the life, I me, mean, can't remember how it, She did it, but she did it as a fourth-year nursing student, and now is like was is in the venture capitaling uh, phase and in that in her business. But it was that challenge where they said, "Okay, go find a problem and solve it." And who better to do something like that than a nurse? <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: I think uh, if we train people to do that early on, versus just you know really training people to think that our position is really only at the bedside, I think we would see. Like I said, I think we our profession would take off. And we would really fulfill what Florence Nightingale wanted us to fulfill.
1: Yeah, and I mean, because we see so much, and we have so much experience and so much expertise. And and honestly, when when I get the nurses, I usually get um, people that gravitate towards me. They tend to have like twenty years experience of of nursing, and and they'll tell me that, that just a litany of things that they they've done over their their uh, career, which is amazing, and they're amazing people and stuff. But, um, you know, when we try and tone and in on their leadership aspect of running the business, which is what it is, like you have to take, you have to have the confidence to sell something, right? You have to have an incredible um, confidence in yourself and what you're doing. And uh, I've had nurses that they just fall apart when it comes to that, you know, it's like they'll, they'll work on the business, relentlessly for weeks and weeks and months and months and I have a couple that have been like years now and uh you know they're just never smart enough or experienced enough or expertise enough to actually sell something and that's a leadership quality that has to really be drawn out and one of the things that we do in our group is just give the nurses that permission because I think but for whatever reason, we've just been groomed to not believe that we're the leader or we could be the leader.
0: Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. I totally agree with it. Um, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Katie.
1: Um, so what What else do you see for uh, nurse leaders in the future? Like what is kind of the ideal vision that you have for nurse leaders?
0: What I'd love to see is that we have nurse leaders that are the number one um, profession that is getting venture capital dollars. I see um, nurse leaders being the number one folks that are recognized when we're hearing about all kinds of things that are changing the future of health. I see nurse leaders as not sitting here and accepting the status quo for the way it is. We need to get involved in policy and politics and change healthcare. We should be driving healthcare reform. It shouldn't be, we should be the politicians driving healthcare reform. So I think it's, it's much, much further than beyond um, one single end of, uh, organization or one single position but I think it's really time for us to drive what we know is best for our patients, right? We need to be the ones driving preventative care reimbursement and value based reimbursement. Um, we need to be the ones really driving, you know, making sure that we're caring for the mind, body and soul of patients. We should be spending equal amounts of dollars as on healthcare for mental health as we do for physical health, because we know without your mental health, it doesn't matter what your physical health is. So I, I think there's just a lot of room for that. And I think that, it goes m- much further than beyond healthcare. And there are so many different other applications that I've seen nurses be able to drive, and that might be things like, um, you know, thinking about like NASA and all these other organizations that are just beginning to pick um, nurses' brains for the skills that they have. So I don't think our, that nursing leadership needs to end at healthcare. There's so many other disciplines that we could influence um, beyond healthcare, and so I'd love to see a world where we really have, you know, where where we stand up one day and just like we right now, you know, we, we think of like, oh, what's the greatest computing system and, you know, gates come to our mind. Like, I would love to have a nursing name come to people's minds and the general public when it comes to great initiatives and great programs and, you know, just great inventions that have come out.
1: As, this, as opposed to just Florence Nightingale, because she's like yes. the, last, <laughs> yes. the last name that was like 200 years ago. And, um, and not only that, but not, nobody even knows, like, okay, so I
0: literally went and bought a Florence Nightingale for, for, um, for Nurses Week, and I walked around my hospital with it, and my nurses all knew who it was. But my kids and my husband were like, what are you doing? Why do you look like a pilgrim? They had no clue. <laughs> So Florence Nightingale's name is known to nursing and maybe, you know, others in medicine, but it's not known beyond that. We need to have a generic nursing name that is known to our next-door neighbors that know nothing about healthcare.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. And one of the things that I love that you said is uh, just the variety that nursing doesn't stop at at healthcare. And I I love that because I always thought that after I got my nursing degree, like, I was always thinking, all right, so what other degree do I want to like marry this with? And I ended up doing my my MBA because I thought business and nursing would be a really great combination, which it has been a really great combination. But you mentioned NASA and I mean, just anything that you have. And I would totally encourage somebody, anybody to go into nursing, um, you know, as long as you care about other people. But um Go into nursing and then just keep exploring like how can I marry this with politics. How can I marry this with travel. How can I marry this with whatever it is that you want to do because there's a role for a nurse. I, I can't think of any place that. There Everywhere, <laughs> there's fashion. There's,
0: I mean, like literally, there's no, there's, you can marry nursing with. There's no organization that I can't think of, including like, I was at a meeting like two years ago, and somebody brought us like alternative protein sources, aka bugs to eat. Like, why not have you know nurses leading this kind of stuff? So, like, there's just so many ways you can marry marry nursing and other things that you would never even imagine, like would come close to nursing.
1: Yeah, I want to interview a nurse that does that too, because I saw that the 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 alternative uh, bugs, it was like cricket powder, or protein mm-hmm. powder or something, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, these were,
0: but these were actual crickets, and I was pregnant, so I was like, okay, if I eat this, is my baby going to mutate? Like, I just need to know... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, and it, but that wasn't a nurse. And so what, gr- what better person than somebody who understands nutrition and, you know, but like to be able to be the one that's actually promoting this to this person that came to us was actually somebody who curated this for upscale restaurants in Los Angeles. So they had, you know, like golden gold laced, whatever crickets and all kinds of different um, you know, alternative sources, which was really interesting, they were actually quite tasty, which I thought, you know, it, it, you have to get over the mental piece of it, because I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna eat this bug, but um, I mean, there's just a ton, right, there's just uh, agriculture, like, think about how nursing could influence agriculture, right, like, we know that all these processed foods aren't good, we know, so how can nursing get into that, and and fight some of, you know the 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 chemicals that are in our foods and the way that food's are grown like how can i mean there's just so many things that i could think of that nursing could take a lead on
1: yeah and i mean that's where your nurse leader network i think is is perfect cuz you're you have the perfect stage to generate these ideas and brainstorm these possibilities and just things that people aren't thinking about so you know i think that's amazing and that's really awesome um, so, Chris, tell us, uh, you know, kind of what's next in your business. What's what's coming up, and where people can find you.
0: Great. So, um, what's coming up is um, we, I do have um, some really awesome episodes. And so, I'm, I'm not going to do any teasers, but I do have some op- awesome episodes coming up on the podcast. And there are going to be a lot more tools on the toolkit. If you're listening right now and there's something that you just haven't been able to solve, so it might be like, you know, coaching your staff or not really understanding, you know, where you can find information on regulation, whatever it is, um, they can go to my website. It's www.nurseleadernetwork.com and um, subscribe to my email or send me a quick note letting me know what they need. I take all that feedback and respond to every single person, um, and then we'll come back with the content that people are asking for. Um, The best place probably to find me right now is um, I'm on LinkedIn, Chris Racinos, and then um, my Facebook group, Nurse Leader Network. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Katie. I appreciate it.